Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's Wednesday, March 16th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, the Guardians creep ever closer to their first spring training exhibition game of the season. Uh, yesterday, we had a chance to talk to uh, Terry Francona, Shane Bieber, Cal Quantrill. A lot of, a lot of good information came out of those, uh, those Zooms. Uh, anything surprise you uh, that that you heard from from uh, Bieber or Quantrill and the, the 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 opportunity that we had to talk to them? Yeah, I just got the feeling that you know they were both guys were really excited, Joe. To you know, right now at least that whole rotation is healthy. You know, uh, Bieber, Quantrill, uh, Savali, Tristan McKenzie, and uh, who am I missing? And Zach, Zach. And uh, you know, and that was really wasn't the case maybe a couple turns through the rotation early last season but that wasn't the case and you know the way things are going right now pitching is going to be the uh the uh the guardians calling card and especially with the rotation so it's critical that those guys you know stay healthy and stay on the mound yeah and and that's sort of it pitching will be the strength of this team it has to be the strength of this team right now but it's going to take a couple of weeks for that, for them to hit their stride. They're not going to come right out of the gate and be five inning guys, you know, uh, you know, 110 pitches right out the gate. Uh, I, I really think that we have to watch our expectations about what the, what, what's going to be a success for this rotation, at least in the first two to three weeks of the season. And, and Tito talked about it. Shane Bieber talked about you know, how in a normal spring training, he would come into camp and be ready to go, pedal to the metal, you know, just just ready to try and, and, and push it as, as, as much as he can. And I think the message to a lot of these guys right now is, it's great that you're here and ready to go, but let's be smart about this because we don't want to have a repeat of what happened last season. Yeah, great point, Joe. And, uh, you know, Tito was asked um, during uh... – the Zoom call yesterday, would he consider going with a six-man rotation um, just to kind of ease the pressure, you know, on the, you know, to ease the burden on the rotation? And he said, he kind of went the opposite way. He said, well, you know, with six, if, if you're going to have a six-man rotation and you're piggybacking guys, you're, you're using 12 guys as, 
you know, in the rotation, and that's going to leave you awful short in the bullpen. So he's, he's talking about maybe going with the four-man rotation. And what, Joe, I got the impression, you know, they piggyback those four starts. The, the starter would go, what, three, four innings? Mm-hmm. Maybe the, 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 the second pitcher would maybe, you know, two or three more innings and then kind of close it out. And just, you know, until they get built up and you're able to, you know, kind of separate and then pick your five guys and, and go from there. This is where having the experience of guys like Eli Morgan last year as a piece who can, you know, if they expand the rosters uh, and, and in, in April and let you uh, add two or three more guys, maybe you're allowed to add two pitchers and a position player uh, just for, you know, just to avoid injuries and, and be able to uh, have that piggybacking process throughout the, uh, the first couple of weeks of the season. Don't expect to see, it's going to be a very rare case. And if we see, you know, starting pitchers go five, six, seven innings in the, in those first couple of weeks, I think it, across the board, teams are going to be uh, a lot smarter with, with how many innings and how many pitches these guys throw. Yeah. Good point. And uh, you know, when they, came, if you remember in 2020, they came out of the pandemic spring training, you know, their pitchers were going five and six innings. But that was kind of because they had an end date. You know, they knew when to train, when camp was going to open. They knew kind of how long camp was going to be. And, and this one was kind of a floating deadline because of the, the deadlock. And, and Bieber was talking about it. He got up to 45 to 50 pitches, you know, during his offseason bullpens. And then the, the, the lockout would drag on, so he'd have to back off a little bit. And uh, so, yeah, I think uh, you, you hit the nail on the head there, Joe. I think that's how they'll approach this. They'll be cautious coming out of the gate for sure. And, and, and Tito said the same thing kind of goes for the hitters as well. You know, normally uh, they would be bringing the guys along slowly so that they would be hitting their peak at the end of training camp. And, and that they, he said, it was funny, the, the words he used, he said, so that they wouldn't get bored, you know, at, at some point, you know, it, they don't want to, uh, peak early in camp and get bored. And then, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, he said that guys would be facing more live batting practice early and live batting practice is always fun because you get Shane Bieber against a Jose Ramirez and you get them talking smack to each other and they can learn from each other that way. But, uh, but traditionally guys don't like to face their own teammates in live batting practice that way. Yeah. And most of them, you know, I remember Eddie Murray, he, he wouldn't even get in the cage when he was with the Indians for the first week. He'd stand behind the cage and watch and watch pitches. And he'd say, <laughs> there will be no wine before it's time. <laughs> like that whole commercial. And, and, and then some guys, you know, just get in, just get in the cage and, and track pitches. They don't even swing, but, you know, I think they're going to be, it sounded like Tito, you know, the, the emphasis was going to be on swinging earlier in camp just because camp is so short. Yeah. He said that the other day, uh, the new hitting coach, Chris Valleca, uh, brought a, a pitching machine out to the mound and he had it cranked up to some velocity and that he had a, a line of guys 15 deep waiting to, to get in there and, and, and face the machine in, in some batting practice on the field. But, uh, you know, when it comes to the, the pitching, like you said, they usually like to go in there, maybe the first couple at bats and, uh, and track pitches, not swing, let the pitcher get comfortable, let the hitter get comfortable. Now these guys are going to be stepping in there looking to looking to do some damage early in spring training. 
Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, guys usually don't like to get their hands beat up, you know, early uh, and get jammed. But, uh, I, you know, they really I'm sure everyone has their eye on the calendar here. They can tell right. they can say they're going to go, you know, slow play and and, you know, ease into this thing. But everybody knows that, you know, that opening day is April 7th and uh, it, it's right around the corner. And and what they start exhibition games Friday. Right. So we heard from Chris Antonetti on Monday, and we asked Shane Bieber uh, yesterday uh, what the status of maybe a contract extension, uh, if those talks have taken place or will they take place. Antonetti said that with everything going on, with arbitration, with free agent signings, with trade talks going on right now, that uh, it's Shane Bieber is a uh, Shane Bieber's contract is a priority. But uh, it's probably not at the top of the list right now for the Guardians. Yeah, they've got a lot of a lot of irons in the fire, Joe. <clears throat> um, you know, you've got to get the arbitration guys done, and that, that Bieber is one of those guys. You got seven guys there. Uh, Tuesday, um, March twenty second is the date where you'll exchange salaries, <clears throat> and uh, so you got to get that's number one on your list. And then uh, you're also talking trades, free agents. Um, you know, free agents are flying off the board right now. The Indians have been quiet so far. I don't know, uh, but, you know, I would think they're going to ma make a move here, you know, before opening day or maybe, you know, in the first, you know, month of the season, they're going to have to do something here to help this offense and help that bullpen. So, you know, that that's just a matter of time. So I think the extensions get pushed to the back burner, so to speak. Yeah, that that you can kind of throw Jose Ramirez, I guess, into that conversation as well in terms of the, the extensions. As far as uh, Cal Quantrill goes, he's coming off of just an outstanding second half of the season. He was as dominant as any pitcher in baseball uh, in in July, August, and September. Uh, for him, it's just a, an exciting time to to be to be in camp and know that he's going to be a part of this rotation whether he gives up a bunch of runs in, in exhibition games or not. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, just like you said, Joe, just a great second half. What do you go? Seven and one in the second half? Eight and one. After, something like that as a starter. Yeah. After yeah. the break and, uh, you know, just kind of dominant guy, you know, he was probably the most dominant pitcher on that staff, you know, when, with the uh, Beaver and Quant and, uh, and Savali down. So, you know, that was really encouraging. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's got some uh, cachet now. You know, it, it's, it doesn't have to, uh, he doesn't have to be perfect in spring training. I think he knows he's got a spot in the rotation and, you know, that's always good when you can take a deep breath, I think. Well, and a lot of pitchers in, in a normal off season will look to add a pitch, you know, Shane Bieber always says he's working on his changeup, uh, you know, and back, you know, years ago, we, we talk about Trevor Bauer adding, you know, a, a fifth or sixth pitch to his arsenal. <laughs> Seventh or eighth pitch. Uh, yeah, something like that. Cal Quantrill said he took the offseason and just to, after the, the success of the second half last year, uh, instead of, you know, adding a new pitch, he, he went back and, and worked on his cutter and just worked on refining his cutter, which is his his bread and butter pitch, uh, and, and then worked on fastball location and, and refining that. He said he, he got to a point in the second half of the season where he was comfortable and he just wanted to, to sharpen that up as much, you know, maybe moving forward after this season, he can, he can work on adding or, or, or you know, retooling a, a curveball or a changeup in that way. 
Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just uh, you know, he found a, he found a good routine in uh, last season, and hopefully, you know, it carries over into this season. Well, I just go back to the way that uh, Carl Willis talked about Quantrill's uh, cut fastball and just how uh, it it moved. He said he said uh, his his he he hasn't God God touched his arm and gave him something that was just uh, it, it's it's a gift from God the way that. Uh, his his fat his cutter moves, so uh, you know obviously you don't want to mess with that uh, too too much. Uh, look for that to be a, a huge weapon for Quantrill this year. Uh, as far as everybody else, <laughs> the other uh, twenty nine teams in in baseball who are all making moves right now, uh, we we saw Anthony Rizzo go back to the Yankees. Uh, and we still don't know where Freddie Freeman is going to end up, but he, we know it's not going to be in Atlanta. Uh, there are several teams, including the Red Sox and the Rays, uh, surprisingly, who are, are still in on Freddie Freeman. But we did see uh, Toronto. Uh, that, that American League East is getting really interesting. Matt Chapman goes to Toronto from Oakland. Uh, Oakland is down to just about uh, nothing <laughs> – they're, they're going to be running the bat boy out there uh, to, to play uh, games this They'll summer. They'll have to bring Brad Pitt back. I mean, seriously, the, it's it, Oakland is stripped down to nothing. Meanwhile, the American League East is full of Oakland players and and then some uh, all over. Matt Chapman goes to the to the Blue Jays. They are loaded, uh, anticipating a, a rigorous season upcoming in the American League East. Yeah, and our buddy Carlos Baerga broke that story, broke the Chapman, the Chapman trade uh, with Oakland between Oakland and Toronto. I'm not sure who 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 Carlos's sources were, but hey, give get, Carlos gets some points for that, man. Direct, I got to be directly from Charlie Montoya, don't you think? Uh, that's yeah. that's got to be it. Uh, yeah, it's it's getting close to time to hang it up when Carlos Baerga is scooping journalists on stories. I I gotta. If, if Carlos Baerga breaks the Baker Mayfield trade, that's it. We're done. We're, we're, I'm throwing the laptop out the window. Uh, because, yeah, yeah the, you know, uh, Guardians fans might be wondering if, uh, you know, the Indi uh, the Guardians were interested in, in Chapman. And uh, I heard, no, that they, he was never a target. You know, obviously, they've got Jose Ramirez at third. And I don't think, uh, even if you brought Chapman over, I don't think they're going to move, you know, Jose back to second base. I, I just don't see that. So that wasn't a, an option. Well, one thing that I do know after talking to Austin Hedges, who played uh, Little League ball growing up with Matt Chapman, Matt Chapman was a catcher for a couple of games in, in Austin Hedges' Little League career. Uh, and he was so awful that he came off the field and Hedges' dad put his arm around his shoulder and he said, uh, don't worry, Matt, you'll, you'll never have to catch again. <laughs> and it's probably the best thing for him because he's a gold glove third baseman. So, uh, yeah, they, we, we know that he won't be playing catcher in Toronto either. Uh, as far as other moves, uh, Seiya Suzuki uh, is heading to the Cubs, five years, $70 million deal. Uh, Kyle Schwarber to the Phillies. So there's there are still players being taken off the board. Uh, meanwhile, Chris Antonetti and uh, the Guardians uh, have probably been making phone calls. We just haven't seen any results out of it. Yeah, I, it's it's maddening. You know, I thought the Cubs were rebuilding, Joe. 
and all of a sudden they they add Marcus Stroman, they add uh, they add a uh, Suzuki now, and you know it looks like uh, you know they're they're ready to contend again. Uh, Schwarber, you know, just makes the Philly stronger. You know, I'm wondering uh, Chris Bryant, uh, you know, Jack Peterson. Those are still some of the free agents out there. Freddie Freeman. But those guys, the Guardians you know, can't afford Chris uh, Chris Bryant. Come on, yeah, those guys aren't coming here. They're not coming no. to Cleveland. Maybe Jack Peterson on a one year deal that might be po- possible. But you know, so you know, I think they're, you know, they they've got to help that bullpen, and they they still got to look for some, uh, you know, some offensive help. And I I just don't know where it's going to come from. Well, one guy who would probably want to see Jack Peterson end up here would be Oscar Mercado if. Uh, if they sign Jock Peterson, you know, it's not like Peterson's going to play a lot against lefties. You're going to need to platoon him. So Mercado's, you would think Mercado would have a have a spot in the outfield if they if they add Peterson. But uh, Bradley Zimmer might be on the block if that's uh, if that's the case. So yeah, uh, right now it, it just it's just a weird time. There is there's. The Browns right now are closer to a trade for Deshaun Watson than the Guardians are closer to a trade for anybody who could help their offense. It's <laughs> it's just the craziest time of year and, and the weirdest uh, circumstances going on right now. Uh, we also learned Chris Sale has a broken rib and won't be ready for opening day. Uh, that's That's got to be frustrating when, you know, you come off of this 99-day lockout and you haven't talked to a star pitcher and now all of a sudden uh, you're going to be missing him for the, the beginning of the season. Yeah. That poor guy. I mean, he goes over to Boston, a uh, big trade. He blows out his elbow. He needs Tommy John, uh, but he helps him win a world series. You know, he does help him win a world series, but that guy just can't stay healthy, Joe. And, you know, you watch him and you watch him pitch. There's a lot of moving parts, a lot of stress on that tall lean body. And, uh, I, I hope, you know, a broken rib is, is something that, you know, it's not going to keep you off the mound for too long. But yeah. it's still, you know, disappointing that he won't be ready for the opener. He's got a World Series ring. I'm not going to cry real hard for Chris Sale. But, yeah, you're right. That that does stink that you can't get on the field and, and stay on the field. Uh, so, yeah, th- this is where we're at. We're uh, we're getting ready. I, I don't know what, what the, the plans are on St. Patrick's Day for uh, – for the uh, the Guardians tomorrow, I'm assuming they might have an inter squad game of some sort uh, before they get ready for their exhibition opener on Friday against Cincinnati. But we haven't really uh, seen the plan there. Uh, I do know that the Guardians sign above the scoreboard at Progressive Field uh, was scheduled to be finished uh, today. Uh, we heard that it's going to be delayed because of high winds. They're uh, you know, when you're when you're using cranes and all that kind of stuff, uh, not exactly uh, easy to to do with, with the kind of weather we've been having over here in Cleveland lately. Uh, and tickets for the the home opener went on sale uh, or go on sale Friday. Uh, the home opener now on April fifteenth, a night game. Uh, so you know things are things are getting closer. It's uh, it's starting to to sort of fall in line with the with everything. Leading towards uh, uh, you know baseball, real baseball. We'll see these guys on the field, but uh, we're we're just not there yet. A couple more days. Joe, what are the odds they sell out op- home the home opener? I mean, it's a Friday night in April, in mid-April. Th- those games were, 
you can count the fans in the stands normally on yeah. a, a April 15th home game at night on a Friday. Uh, but, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe with this ticket offer that they're offering uh, free seats to games in April and May, uh, if they buy tickets to the home opener, that, that might entice people to uh, to sell it out. Who knows? Uh, it's chance to see the Guardians for the first time at home. I uh, I think we might have a packed house that night. Yeah, we're gonna. It's gonna be a good barometer of just you know where where the where do the Guardians sit in the conscience of Cleveland, the Cleveland baseball fans? Look, know, because the home opener is a you know a, a drop dead close a sellout every every year. Knowing the way things work out. You know, the Browns announced that they're making a trade uh, that morning and everybody forgets that uh, baseball is even being played that day. Uh, it's just been such a crazy 24 hours here in Cleveland. Uh, every time my phone goes off with a, a Twitter alert, I, I actually kind of don't even want to look at it. It's, it either means it's going to be uh, more work for me or uh, something that's uh, something, a, a deal or a move that I don't want to see. But, you know, we, we, uh, we soldier on. Hey, if you uh, you want to get in on this, uh, speaking of uh, alerts on your phone, uh, subtext is a great way to get up to date. And as soon as we find out any information about, you know, tickets, openers, trades, signings, any moves that the Guardians are making, uh, 216-208-4346. If you want to send a text to that number to sign up, it's $3.99 a month. And you hear directly from Hoynesy or myself. Uh, we've gotten some some good questions and some good uh, some good back and forth with some of our subtexters over the last couple of days. Uh, they are they are in midseason form right now. Yeah, and the subscribers are picking up, Joe. So uh, you know, uh, get it while you're hot. It's uh, yeah. you know, get in on the ground floor here. It's a good that's time. right. Let's go. All right, Hoinsey, we'll be back uh, tomorrow. Uh, a, a very green podcast tomorrow as we'll uh, we'll be talking uh, St. Patrick's Day and the. Cleveland Guardians. Uh, maybe we'll see you out at the parade. Who knows? Uh, we'll, All right. We'll catch up with you then. 